Hello and welcome to the Rise and Thrive Show podcast. I'm Erin Warhol and I'm here with Mary Hayes Greco. Hi, Mary. Hey, Erin. Well, we are fresh from class. We just had a great time this morning on your Zoom class, which is called My Beautiful Life. And I think everybody loved hearing what you were teaching about today, which is, do you want to, do you want to tell everybody what you're teaching well, about? Well, yes. The topic <laughs> uh, was, uh, we're in the second week of the second module, which is dedicated to self-love. And so today we talked about intimacy mm. and healthy vulnerability. Healthy so, vulnerability. Healthy vulnerability and intimacy. And, um, you know, the connection between healing of the heart, your heart center, and maybe some childhood or earlier in life love things that may have caused your heart to be a little bit protected or walled off, which just gets in the way of intimacy. So anyway, it was what I would term a sweaty class <laughs> for me. <laughs> yeah, say more about that. What do you mean by a sweaty oh, class? sweaty. Well, because, uh, you know, uh, intimacy, vulnerability, all of those things are uh, very close to the bone and been deep and long held lessons for me in my personal journey. It's, uh, I realized as I was getting ready for class that I had to like drop in another layer deeper into mm. my heart, into my mm -hmm. presence, into my being real um, with the truth and energy of what I want to talk about because that's what intimacy is. It's being really in the present with the truth and energy of your real self mm. uh, with others. So I think normally I'm a little bit open and vulnerable in teaching, but I, I made the effort to make sure I was today. And it made me sweat for yeah. two hours. <laughs> you, you, you <laughs> made said me sweat I, with recovering shyness for two hours. <laughs> you, you said I have to, I have to deliver my vulnerability lecture with vulnerability. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And vulnerability is a beautiful word. It has to do with openness. It has to do with um, not protecting, not walling off yourself, actually putting yourself a little bit at risk as you trust other people mm -hmm. to receive you well in who you really are to yourself. So um, it's good. It's so good, but uh, it's sweaty, sweaty for me and <laughs> probably well, for other people in the class too. You, you shared some wonderful stories and people really appreciated what you were sharing. And yeah, as I was, as I'm thinking about this, Mary, it, you know, there's different ways that, that, people can teach things and you are very much sort of hands-on and the classes are very much people think about their own lives and then they go into a breakout room and share with others and so that's different than just talking about concepts and ideas and keeping it in the intellectual realm it's true it's yeah. uh it's kind of 50 percent um intellectual frameworks and 50 percent jazz improvisation right out of the heart mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and right in the moment with the, the people that are in the class. And I think that makes for a rich experience for everybody if it's, you know, it's truly experiential, mm -hmm. truly uh, we are learning and unfolding and discovering and crafting out of the moment of what people are sharing. Well, and one of the stories you shared was about when you and your husband, Fred, before he was your husband, of how many years? Forty years? 
40 something, 43. Okay. Yeah. But early on when you were in your beginnings of your relationship, he sort of called you on the carpet in a loving way about how you were not really being open to a deeper connection with him. That's not available in my heart that even Mm -hmm. though I was there in the room and, and acting close and chatting and sharing with words, he couldn't feel, he couldn't see me quite, and he mm-hmm. couldn't feel my heart energy connecting with his heart energy. And this is one of the first uh, awarenesses I ever had about that. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't know what he was talking about at first. So he was a wonderful, in the moment, teacher around intimacy in terms of letting me know when he was feeling like, we're not connecting Mm-hmm. Can you actually please stop talking so that we can connect? <laughs> and that was news to me. Like, mm-hmm. oh, sometimes words are in the way. Sometimes yeah. um, just being in your heart and looking into someone kindly, but looking into each other, maybe touching hands, uh, but sharing energy from heart to heart, that's where it's at. And uh, that was a, a real learning for me. Yeah, it was it was a great story that you shared. And I just the way that you talked about how he was saying, let's connect and thinking about what exactly does that mean when you connect with another person and you're in you're in your space, they're in their space and your spaces are are together and vibrant. Right. And then the intimacy happens when you create a shared space, Mm. you create a warm and safe shared space because whether you have verbalized it or not you are have both agreed to be safe to um to hold the other person in respectful regard and Mm -hmm. kindness and to listen and not judge and to try and really see and understand them the way they are in in themselves so life skill life skill Where do you learn that stuff anyway? I mean, (laughs) (laughs) how do you learn to do that? I learn a lot of it in in workshops when I get a chance to think about it and talk about it and reflect on it. I mean, I think if uh, my parents weren't both uh, recovering from World War II in in traumatic stress and having many children really fast, uh, I would have learned it in theory from um, a solid a warm parental bond, you know, mm-hmm. the sense of uh, attachment, healthy, safe attachment. But um, if that is compromised um, early on, then I think matters of the heart are kind of a uh, remedial lesson throughout the rest of your life. You have to yeah. learn about trusting people and trusting people with your vulnerability and that mostly people are good and um, safe to share your real self with, if you dare. Yeah, and I, when you were talking earlier, the, this phrase came into my mind that I'd thought of before. It's like verbal barbed wire. Like mm-hmm. you can, with your words, you can connect with people and feel closer, or you can actually use words and and how you are verbalizing to keep people at a distance. That's true. That's true, to keep them away. So anyway, it was, it was a little, kind of a tough class to teach because uh, so much of it is an energetic experience. Mm-hmm. And the little story series I was telling was trying to show that, you know, to show 
what happens to our heart in in a journey and uh how we how we retrie retrieve it and redeem it when it's been hurt enough to be walled off so uh in this class we're kind of all in the business now of uh being vulnerable to ourselves mm -hmm. and seeing well what's coming up and out of me because of this class i'm in and being with these people and and entertaining these ideas and what uh you know what kind of time release lessons are emerging during the week because we've been talking about these important and heartfelt things that are something beyond intellect to try and understand mm -hmm. yeah and i i love how you are describing this too as this is this primary relationship with the self Mm -hmm. your relationship with yourself, your relationship with your younger self, your inner child, and all along the way. And it makes sense. And, you know, you hear this, it's like, well, you can't love someone else till you love yourself. <laughs> you know, like, we've it's all really heard true, that. though. It yeah. is true. It is so true. I mean, I think, I think our souls are, are strategic and merciful, too, in terms of the kind of people they put in our path mm. as we go along that maybe we we learn about love first with certain individuals who are special to us mm -hmm. but in the end we find that we uh we need to have this really safe primary relationship within ourselves mm. between our our inner child and our grown-up self and between our um, personality and our soul and between our unique individual self and the greater self the, the universe and th this is all part of the, the path of self-mastery, which is your whole framework of, of tools and techniques and perspectives that you teach. And so we're kind of making our way through self-love and getting to know the inner child. And we're, we're, on, we're on this path towards self-forgiveness, which is a really central part of the, of the self-mastery work that you teach. Yes, yes, because um, that's really where we live. We, you know, if we if we are comfortable in our skin or if we are not comfortable in our skin, it has to do with that. It has to do with whether we accept and love ourselves as we are or if we hold back our positive regard because we've made some mistakes or because we're not excellent at something or because we think we're too fat or too this or not enough that. It's a, it's a place where people really suffer if they don't if they don't love themselves they they suffer daily and they mm -hmm. they go through um many tiny private hells and uh it's really important to if you're on a path of mastery it's important to heal those older wounds that have caused you to turn away from yourself mm -hmm. and judge yourself harshly mm -hmm. and uh somehow withhold your unconditional love until such time or mm -hmm. whatever it's it's really important to uh clean house at a certain point of former experiences in which we decided negative things about ourselves and also it's important to be to have a way of letting go of current mistakes and sense of falling short of who we would like to be it's it's just an ongoing thing it's not easy to be a person no it's not <laughs> It's not. And I think about that phrase, uh, the gold, well, this is the golden rule, right, Mary? Treat others as you would have them treat you. Yeah. 
But maybe we need to say, treat yourself as you would treat others <laughs> some days. <laughs> some days yeah. you want to say, I am so much nicer to other people than I am to myself. Right. Why don't I treat myself with the same kindness and acceptance that I'm willing to extend towards others? Yeah, it, it's a funny thing because it requires to, to do that right means that you have a healthy relationship with yourself. And there's so many people where, you know, I, I frankly wouldn't want to be treated the way they treat themselves. People who have right. like really serious negative self-talk or they, you know, they judge themselves so harshly, they're, they fall short and they punish themselves. Mm, and so yes. a huge part of, of what you're teaching in the self-mastery work is how to have that healthy relationship with self. And so that brings us back around to what you're calling healthy vulnerability. And if you could talk a little bit more about just the connection point there, what, why, why do we need healthy vulnerability in order to be good to ourselves? Hmm. Well, because we need to like and accept ourselves enough that we are willing to show that real self to another person willing to be open that's what vulnerable means to be to show have an opening for them to see into us to see into our our goodness our beauty our imperfection our worries to see to see us very clearly i use the example of looking into a pond of clear water and being able to see down through the layers and and a certain transparency of self so if we are making friends with ourselves in a deep and forgiving way, then we have less to hide. We have no need to hide from others. And it makes it makes for a less lonely life and a more um, nourished one. Um, I think you're, you're fond of the word flourish this year. I, I am. think, yeah. <laughs> so I think we're talking about healthy vulnerability and intimacy is part of that that state of being nourished and flourishing because there's an easy give and take of love between yourself and others mm -hmm. and all that comes along with that a sense of safety a sense of resource a sense of greater understanding pleasure you know it's a really a, a gift we give to ourselves to be able to share ourselves with others yeah, that and I love the image that you evoked there with looking into a pond and and you were talking about you, you see a few goldfish and you see maybe some organic growth or something. And maybe you also see you mentioned this in class, like a crumpled up old beer can or, you know, maybe an old boot that's half in the dirt. Right. You see that. <laughs> OK, okay, there's that. And it doesn't make the whole pond bad. Right. It does. It doesn't right. make the whole pond ugly. Uh, and you could have the choice at that point to like say i think i'll i think i'll remove that mm -hmm. or i think i'll just let it be and mm -hmm. let it fall apart over time it it's uh it doesn't it doesn't take away it doesn't take away from the pond the water so we have choices as we go along in our journey to um look at some of the places where we're maybe we feel like we're too much of something or we're not enough of something else and we can consciously cultivate uh, our traits so that we feel more in balance. We feel more um, comfortable in the balance of things in our personality. We can make some adjustments, some corrections, but not, uh, it's really moving away from the idea of punishing 
-hmm. or shaming ourselves or judging our whole character by one or two little habits that we have. Yeah. It's, it's part of this whole shifting paradigm we talked about last week in which we're moving out of a shame-based, you are wrong kind of paradigm into one that is based on unconditional love. Yeah. And, it, you know, I mean, it does take a little bit to kind of sort through all this because people will say, oh, you know, she's so authentic or he's so authentic. And it's like, what what exactly do you mean by that? And what does it mean to be your genuine self? And it, especially in the era of social media, it's sort of like, okay, what am I showing and how am I showing it? And who am I, who am I in private spaces and who am I in more public spaces? And it, it does take a little bit to, to kind of make decisions about who, how you want to show up. It's not just letting it all hang out, come what may, right, Mary? Oh, yeah. And that's why you don't see much of me on social media, <laughs> because I don't know who's out there. I don't know what kind of agreements we, I don't think we have any kind of agreements no. around respectful interaction, seeing the good in each other and not being excessively judgmental and criti critical. Mm -hmm. I, I can establish those guidelines, those ground rules in the small groups I'm with in person, mm -hmm. you know, my spiritual circle and uh, meetings I'm in where people are are willing to be of higher consciousness but you don't know who you're talking to out there and you don't know if they're getting a charge out of you know kicking you when you're down if you're expressing yeah. some vulnerability in there you know they choose that moment to come in and tell you yeah you are a loser stop it <laughs> buck up or <laughs> no <laughs> I'm, I, I'm I'm afraid of those spaces um, but it, it, it also just goes back to this central relationship of yourself with yourself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you mentioned like you might be looking into the pond of, of who you are and you see some things that you go, well, you know, maybe that old boot that's half in the dirt, you know, I, I want to remove that instead of just be, tolerating it being there. So that might be something that you're trying to heal about yourself or whatever. But that's different than somebody else looking at you and going, you know, you got this old muddy boot stuck in you. What kind of a pond are you anyway? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so I'm... it's it's really um, discerning about not listening too much to what other people say about who you are, but having enough ability to look inward and kind of go, okay, here I am. And here are my good parts. And here are my bad parts and being open to having some parts of yourself that maybe aren't your favorite, maybe aren't what you want to showcase to the world, but being in a stance with them where you can accept that they're there and then decide whether you want to make a change or do some healing or go to therapy, that kind of thing. But it's not, it's also not just letting the world tell you who you are. Right, right. I remember um, in one of her really famous talks, Brene Brown gave a couple of famous um, millions TED of TED Talks, yeah, in which she's talking about shame, in which she's talking about vulnerability. And I think she, right after that, she said she kind of got off of the stage and went home thinking, well, okay, you know, a couple hundred people uh, will see this eventually. And within three days, it had gone viral. And mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know how many people were following this this talk. And she said she had this, I think she called it a 
vulnerability hangover. Mm-hmm. She said where, where she just felt like she had to like go in the basement and hide under a, <laughs> mm-hmm. a blanket because so many people were looking at her and she wasn't expecting that. And of course, this you don't know, you can't filter what all those people are saying about you and like there's people commenting about how she should lose a few pounds and you know all these really mean irrelevant things too and she had to come to terms with that being a public person so i like the idea of i like the goal of being able to be a person who can um just let the world have its opinions and not take them in or on Mm -hmm. you know um i'm still working on that yeah yeah, and I I really appreciate Brene Brown and all she's done to uh, educate the world about shame and what it is and what it isn't and what we do with it and how to have a, a healthy relationship with our imperfect selves. I mean, that just has sort of been her her area that, that she's made a big contribution. Yeah, so and, valuable. Yeah, and, and another part of how it started for her was when she realized that she was not showing up in an open-hearted way and it was such a um a revelation to her that she thought of herself as an open-hearted person but then when she really started studying it as a social scientist she she realized when she did the surveys that she actually wasn't very open-hearted and so she decided to to do differently and her journey towards open-heartedness you know has informed a lot and shared she shared it with people which is very Mm -hmm. generous of her and that's illustrating the idea that we teach what we need to learn exactly (laughs) oh that okay that one yeah Yeah. (laughs) well you did a good job today teaching um intimacy and healthy vulnerability through sharing your stories and everybody in the class really loved it yeah it was it was sweaty but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but well, and, ki- but kindly everybody thanked me for doing it they didn't say oh i'm out you know <laughs> mary are you kidding me i'm out they didn't say that they said thank you thank you for showing us well and um, this is so you make a joke about that and I, I i everyone knows what you're talking about the moment you say it's sweaty but this is a serious question is it ever not sweaty like mm. isn't that just sort of part of vulnerability maybe yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe you get um, accepting of the fact that you're going to be sweaty when you take new risks with your heart mm-hmm. and people and situations. And maybe you just get so you don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's, it's just part of an opening process yeah. that you're in. And yeah, you don't have to avoid it. Right. Like you, you get better at going, oh yeah, I know that's how I feel. And then I, you know, go drink some tea and look outside and then collect myself and then I feel better. But, you know, to, to go through something and go, oh, I didn't like how that felt. I'm never doing that again. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what a lot of people do. And that, Mm -hmm. that close, that builds the walls. It does. So I think if we find ourselves in those situations where we've kind of endured some, you know, courageous moments of trying to be ourselves uh, in a situation where we're not 100% sure um, that it's going to be received as we mean it. I think it's just part of our our opening process and it's like you said during class it's like being a heart warrior being willing to 
charge over the wall and say, here I am, <laughs> mm -hmm. and, um, and see what happens next. Yeah, cool. Okay, well, that was great, Mary. And now what are we looking towards next week? Self-forgiveness. All right. Yep. Talk about the way that we incorporate self-forgiveness into our ongoing journey so that we don't uh, remain stuck in sad views about ourselves. Oh, that everybody needs to learn this. Yes, I'm, indeed. I'm just saying. Life skill. So. Life skill. <laughs> Life Health skill. habit. <laughs> Put it on your list with drinking water and eating vegetables and exercising and communicating with your spouse. Self-forgiveness must do. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much, Mary. This has really been enjoyable. Thank you. And, see, you uh, see you next time. Thanks yeah. for everybody who's uh, hanging out with us. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.